and welcome to a brand new, fresh episode of The Partial Historians. Fresh. <laughs> I am one of your hosts, maintaining my seriousness, uh, Dr. Greenfield, and sitting beside me um, with accompanying sound effects is the amazing, the incredible, the intelligent Dr. Radness. And giggling. <laughs> well, we have something special lined up today, don't we, Dr. G? I believe so. I, I mean, I'm totally at a loss mm. as to what it is. Well, allow me to enlighten you for once. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. Normally, dear listeners, we trace the history of Rome from the founding of the city. However, we have had a listener request and feel free to make more listener requests in the future. We do take them on board and fit them in where we can. Today's listener request is for an episode on the fortress of Gla, a magical place, the most amazing fortress that ever was. Stupid man's fortress of solitude, please. We're talking Gla. All Gla, all the time. What, what is Gla? Yeah, okay, well, let me backtrack a little bit. <laughs> Dear listener, I'll be standing in for you today. Yes, okay. So, <laughs> allow me to give you some background to this magical Oh, yes. Yeah. Please do. Essentially, we're talking about a totally different civilization, Dr. G. No more are we talking about Romans. <laughs> None of that Italy stuff. <laughs> I'm out of my depth already. Yeah. We're talking the Mycenaeans. Oh, yes, yes, nice. yes. Everybody yeah. loves the Mycenaeans. Exactly. Who doesn't love the Mycenaeans? So, some of you may have come into contact with the Mycenaeans before, whether you know it or not. <laughs> I say awkward. That. Yeah, <laughs> they're sneaky as Mycenaeans. Was it a late night? <laughs> okay. What I mean by that is. Um, we think, we're fairly confident that if the Trojan War did in fact happen, the legendary clash between Greece and Troy, we're pretty sure that the, the Greeks, I'm using flesh rabbits here, Ooh. were the, like the Mycenaeans, at, had the Mycenaeans at their helm, like in control of everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this is why I say you might have come into contact with them before. We can't actually be 100% sure, of course, because nobody's sure the Trojan War actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> but the Trojan War is usually positioned around, like, sort of like, what, 1100 BCE? Yeah. And exactly. this is well before the rise of what we understand to be, like, classical yes. Greek history and even archaic Greek history. Oh, yeah. Which gets us back to about 900. Um, we're talking still, Bronze Age, man. <laughs> <laughs> but we've still got some time because the, the Greeks, where we get the story from Troy, the Greeks are looking back at past generations, many past generations. Yes, yes. To Hence their own the haziness. <laughs> mythic history. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly, yeah. And this is why it becomes possible all of a sudden for it to not even be the Greeks anymore. Well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so when we're talking about the Mycenaeans, I mean, the Mycenaeans definitely existed. It's just a question of, did the Trojan War really happen? If, we, if it did, are we talking about the Mycenaeans? But it would make sense for it to be the Mycenaeans because they were a civilization that, ex that peaked around 1600 to around 1100 BCE. So... Perfect timing for war with Troy. <laughs> How convenient. I know, yeah. Um, Troy now has a potential enemy. <laughs> yeah, and we know that they they seem to be like what, what we would define as like a proto-Greek civilization. So there is a definite connection between them and the Greeks that would come after that we know from, you know, the Dark Ages and the Classical okay. period. And, okay, yeah. pause. What, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are some of these features that the Mycenaeans seem to share with the Greeks? Okay, basically religion. We know that there, there seem to be some gods that are in common, so that they worship some of the same gods. Not all, but some of the same gods. Um, and we also know, because of the 
gradual development of a written language known as Linear B. Not to be confused with Linear A. <laughs> Which nobody has deciphered. No, no, they have. Linear have B. They? Yeah, yeah, no, Linear B is the one that's deciphered. I know. I always oh, no, it. I was going to say Linear A oh, is the one yeah, that no, remains. You're right. Yes, you're right. Yeah, so essentially around this time, when we're talking about the Bronze Age, Peloponnese and the Cyclades and the Aegean, really, the mm. Greek area. You have the Minoans, who are one of the first big civilizations in the area. They are gradually superseded by the Mycenaeans. The Minoans have Linear A. The Mycenaeans have Linear B, which is probably developed for them by the Minoans once they conquered them, but whatever. We're not going to get into that. Uh, Yeah, Linear A, nobody has any idea. I was going to say, the important thing here is that if you're a budding linguist and you've got any capacity with coding and decoding and decrypting, perhaps Linear A is your friend. This could be your imitation game. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so Linear A, whatever. Linear B has been cracked in the 20th century using code-breaking kind of techniques. Yeah. Uh, as well as linguists, obviously. Um, and yet, they've realized that there is a similarity between Linear B and what we know as, you know, like classical Greek. Okay. Yeah. So there is... There Fascinating. Is, yeah. So we're, we're pretty sure that we can say that these are proto-Greek people. <laughs> yeah. 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 They, okay. share, they share a lingual history. They do. Yeah. And they occupy, obviously, the same sort of area. So it makes sense that there'd be some sort of connection, potentially. Mm. Anywho, so the Mycenaeans, um, like the possible location of the mythical Troy, <laughs> um, a lot of evidence about the Mycenaeans was uncovered by one Heinrich Schliemann. I think the... he made some mistakes, if I recall rightly. He certainly did, but nonetheless, he did uncover it first. <laughs> this is the same guy who thought he found Troy? What do you mean, thought he found Troy? Are you trying to say that he did not find Troy? <laughs> I always suspected he went down way too far. Oh, no, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Heinrich Schliemann is a whole another kettle of fish. In fact, we could do an entire episode on him, so I'm not trying not to get sidetracked. Let's just say he was over-enthusiastic. Yeah. Heinrich Schliemann was very enthusiastic about the whole Trojan War affair. Um, and after uh, his success, I'm using flesh rabbits again, listeners, <laughs> at Troy, um, he then went over to the mainland of Greece and found some Mycenaean stuff. I can replicate my success in Asia Minor in Greece. Yeah, and he did He did find some pretty impressive stuff. Like, most notably, he found uh, six shaft graves enclosed in a stone circle, known as Grave Circle A. <laughs> wow. Um, and he found, he found quite a few Mycenaean sites. So as well as Mycenae, he found Okominos mm-hmm. and also the Citadel of Tyrans, which is still under investigation today. So he uncovered a lot of these sort of Mycenaean fortresses. Um, and he found some pretty cool stuff. Um Alongst with the graves, he found, you know, like gold, um, what do you call them, funerary masks. Oh, yes. Which he did mistake for Agamemnon, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, there's a, this one very famous example, which is often labelled as yeah, the, mask the mask of, of Agamemnon. Agamemnon. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Actually a Mycenaean artifact. Yeah, actually goes back well before the uh, Homeric Trojan War possibly happened. Mm-hmm. It's getting a bit crazy now with all this possible this and maybe that, but yeah. <laughs> but exciting details. Yeah, yeah. So the Mycenaeans, um, one of the reasons why they probably became like the dominant civilization at this point in time in this area was that they were definitely a military folk. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, general, I mean, the sort of... The pop- death mask wasn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean... That's I, not the clue, guys. <laughs> the Minoans were based on the island of Crete. And mm. I think it's it's often been suggested that the Minoans were like this, I don't know, like 
tree-hugging, hippie, peace-loving type civilization that were all about trade and art and whatnot. And then, then the I feel Mycenaeans like that must came... have been the lecture I missed. Or the yeah. <laughs> and then the Mycenaeans came along and ruined everyone's good time. I, that, that's definitely been questioned now about, mm. you know, that that was the case. But definitely the Mycenaeans were warriors. And I think we can safely say probably better warriors than Manoas. <laughs> that seems to be... I steal your land. I develop a new language. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, and again, that would fit in with what we know about them, like, you know, maybe leading all the Greek-speaking people off to war against Troy. Yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. Join us. <laughs> or die. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you like death masks? <laughs> I've got them in gold. <laughs> gold, gold, and more gold. Maybe and this one has a funny mustache. <laughs> I hear they're very trendy right now. People pulling mustaches on everything. <laughs> Come with me if you want to live. That's right. Yeah. Okay, now the reason why I bring up this whole warrior-like thing is that that kind of ties into how they lived. They tended to um, build these really spectacular palaces that are on top of hills, and then, um, so they constructed those first, and then later they would surround them with these really huge, thick stone walls. Okay. So, obviously, because... Seems like a defensive position. Precisely, yeah. And this is exactly why some people have said that the Minoans weren't particularly defensive because you can't see the walls. Where are the walls? But they were on an island, so whatever. (laughs) Maybe the island is the wall. Precisely, yeah. Um, So yeah, but anyway, so we have these spectacular palaces on the top of the hills. Um, They tend to obviously have certain similarities in terms of their architectural design. Okay, Um, they are in fact, you know, very similar to each other, which makes total sense. Which brings me to Gla. (laughs) Military fortress. Indeed. Magnificent. Where where is this Gla? What a name. I mean, we should delve more into that. Why is it even called Gla? I don't think I can answer that. All I can tell you is that it is either spelled G-L-A, the Mm -hmm. obvious spelling, or, if you want to get tricky, G-L-A-S. With the silent S. Exactly. Silent but deadly. (laughs) S is for sneaky. (laughs) Okay. I'm also surprised. Glava is actually pretty impressive, mm-hmm. okay, in that it comes along a little bit later than some of the other Mycenaean palaces, but it is the largest of all the, all the citadels. By later, mm. do we know precisely how much later? Mm. Are there any Not like a huge amount here, because obviously their peak is only, you know, like 500 years, mm. um, and I'll explain what happens at the end in a sec. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Ahead of myself. The suspense. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to kill you. Wait for the narrative. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay, but um, in terms of location, I can answer that. It is located on an island in the Kapaik Lake in Boeotia. Hello. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, <laughs> and, and for the modern audience, where well, would you find Boeotia, this on a map? I actually think we have mentioned before, believe mm. it or not, because I think that's where Plutarch comes from. Maybe? Oh, yeah, it's quite possible. Yeah, in Greece. Um but yeah, it's basically, it's time of like location, that sort of thing has been dated from the type of pottery that's been found there. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want to get into it too much, listeners, but essentially when we're talking about the Minoans and the Mycenaeans... We're Mycenaeans, always talking about pottery. Yeah, exactly. That's how, kind of how you figure out the date. Okay, so probably around the 13th century BC we're talking about, that we can see like occupation and that sort of thing from the pottery, um, which if you're a keen pottery freak, <laughs> is the late Hellatic 3B... <laughs> If you enjoy that, yeah. (laughs) Do you enjoy your ceramic wear? Yeah. This is the episode for you. Yeah. So (laughs) it's pretty, pretty big and it's got these really impressive walls um, all around it. Um, And part of the reason why it probably existed is to help 
control the, I mean, obviously control the area, but control the area in terms of like having grazing area for cattle and that sort of thing. Oh, does it have room inside the walls for grazing of cattle? It has room inside the walls for, well, I mean, okay, this is where it's obviously open for debate. Yeah, yeah. What are the rooms for? I mean, this is, a, this is a magical place. So, of course, there are your usual features such as moving stairwells <laughs> and rooms of requirement <laughs> and things like that. But on top of that... Um, <laughs> In addition to yeah, those formalities. It can be a little tricky to figure out exactly what things were for, but possibly we can see like areas for like a market area. Okay. Possibly places to process like hides, like cattle hides and make mm-hmm. leather. Possibly storerooms. Like, I mean... It's pretty normal for Mycenaean palaces to have, like, magazines, as in storerooms, not as in Who Weekly, <laughs> where they can store things. Um, so, yeah, we can see evidence of... Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you can have a fortress, you need to have all the things. I was going to say, yeah. you're, you're preparing for, like, some sort of defensive... Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, a giant wall, to me, says, we're staying here, and we're not going to let you in. No, unless we say so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got the capacity for a defensive structure, so perhaps you need a lot of storerooms for the... Yeah, so it was clearly designed to help maintain control over what was like a good pastoral region. Um, kind of apparently quite well known in the ancient world for its... Uh, well, being good grazing land, basically. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, Unlike a lot of Greece. Yeah. Well, congratulations, yes, Mycenaeans, right. yeah. for picking the right spot. Yeah. Well, see, one of the earlier Mycenaean palaces that's not too far away, Orchomenos, Homer actually refers to it as one of the richest cities in the world and says it has awesome cattle. Mm. Um, and the province of Boeotia is like the land of the ox. So oh, it's, hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's clearly famous for cow-related things. <laughs> Home of the ox. <laughs> Do you find that amusing? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm in the horns of a dilemma. Yeah, I mean, this whole idea of having this palace structure as well is possibly something, again, that the Mycenaeans kind of got from the Minoans. Minoans are kind of famous for their palaces. But, uh, but, <laughs> anywho. <laughs> who inspired who? Historical challenge or <laughs> chronology? <laughs> debate shall continue. Yeah. Um, so even though glass from a later period, it ends up being one of the larger ones. Um... It's slightly different in the way it's constructed from other palaces. Um, and some people have actually said it's different enough that it's maybe not even a palace. Oh. Ooh, oh. Controversy. However, I think that that debate has pretty much been settled now. Oh, Mostly okay. because, and this is the cool thing, Dr. G, there's actually been recent archaeological stuff going on there. Hello. Yeah, exactly. So um, if you go and have a look at Gla online, you can actually see it. Like You can see it quite clearly raised up on its little platform. Because in order to do this, they had to actually drain the surrounding land. Like It was pretty crazy what they did um, in order to create this place. It would have required actually quite a lot of technological know-how. To- okay, so are they, are they actually raising up... Like, are they building up a platform to put the structure on? No, no, they drained the surrounding area. They drained area. the surrounding yeah, area. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they basically, um, they drained it using a system of canals and dikes. Okay. Yeah. Um, Good job, guys. I know. Yeah, so it's, it's actually a pretty, like, cool place. Um, now, the upper story has been destroyed. So if you go and have a look at it online, you can't see anything apart from, like, the, you know, <laughs> ruins <laughs> as you would expect oh, always the way <laughs> yeah um and it, but you can see it quite clearly sitting there on its summit and that sort of thing but okay. the re- one of the reasons why people are a bit confused by it 
um, is because clearly it had some sort of consolidation thing. It was establishing Mycenaean control. What's <laughs> but, but if it's a late fortress, yeah. isn't it more just reinforcing Mycenaean control? Yeah, exactly. But when they looked at the actual citadel itself, they could only see that like a third of this massive area had actually been used by, like used to construct buildings. Okay. So they found the remnants of like, you know, admin, storage, workshops, that kind of stuff. But they couldn't really find that they were using like the whole area. So it's kind of like, what's with this guys? What's with the, <laughs> why not use the space? Why not use the space? <laughs> but since 2010, they've actually been doing more, they've been using up-to-date technology and doing more like scanning of the grounds, like going beneath, you know, what's I suppose immediately apparent and easier to find. And they found that that's actually not true, that the, the site was actually covered with heaps of buildings. Apparently, and I'm quoting from an article here, at least five large and well-built, well-built complexes, extensive residential quarters, and clusters of buildings stretching between these complexes, semicircular structures, perhaps silos, a cistern, staircases, retaining walls, and terraces. This is a fortified town, Dr. G. The magnificence of glass has risen from the dust. Well, you know, I'm glad to to uh, learn that the archaeologists finally figured out that maybe things had been happening. Yeah. Rather than being like, guys, what about all of this space? Well, it is slated for more <laughs> geophysical survey work because Excellent. they need to investigate it, obviously, in more detail. Now... So Sad. the place is more complex than we previously believed. Yeah, it's, and, and, and it's more actually, impressive. And more impressive and actually has really clear residential aspects to yes, it. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Now, as for the collapse, Dr. G. Oh, the, collapse. <laughs> the glory of Gla only stood for a few hundred years. <laughs> it, rises, it rises so briefly. Like a brilliant flame. Exactly, yeah. Only to be extinguished. Cruelly. By time itself. Well... I don't. <laughs> Actually, it was quite. It's quite a dramatic fall. As you've probably, this is probably time with something that I imagine um, you've looked at as well. As everybody who sort of looked at the ancient world knows, there is this mysterious, like Bronze Age collapse. Yeah, everybody's pretty weirded out by what happens because mm. there seems to be a whole bunch of peoples who are doing quite well. Um, and they flourish, and then they all sort of vanish within about a 400-year period. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> and nobody really knows what exactly happened. And again, this is a trend not just in like mainland Greece. This seems to have impacts all over. I mean, even even impacts in Egypt. You know, there are, there are definitely things that we can trace going, okay, there's instability there, there's problems there, there's invasions there. Like, there's, there's definitely widespread issues going on here. So it's generally referred to as this sort of Bronze Age collapse. And Glass, yeah. sadly, did not escape unscathed, <laughs> Maybe During, it was some kind of plague. Well, this, this is the thing we don't really know. But essentially, all of these Mycenaean palaces are destroyed by fire. Fire? Yeah. And this is, this is actually how we know... This is how we actually kind of know about the Mycenaean civilization, or at least know a little bit more than we might otherwise. Because when these palace centers were set on fire... The, tab- the clay tablets that were have the records of Linear B, you know, unfortunately, guys, Linear B was not like the Trojan War on clay tablets. <laughs> clay tablets are like the iPads of the Mycenaean world. I was going to say, it's mostly bureaucratic records. Exactly, yeah. So it's like taxes and that kind of stuff. But nonetheless, it's a language. So just back off. Just back off. <laughs> when you fire clay tablets, obviously, they get preserved. Like they get turned into something lasting. And that's how we actually have... Um, particularly like from one of the really big important power centers is that of Pylos. 
which is where Nestor is from, if you believe the Trojan War actually happened and you've read Homer, <laughs> FYI. Um, yeah, so essentially they're all destroyed by fire, which is bad, but... On the plus side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who started the fire? We don't know. The Boeotian palace centers, which is Thebes, Orchomenos, and Gala, hmm. were destroyed by fire slightly earlier than Pylos, as far as we can tell. And Pylos is the place where we get most of the Linear B tablets from. Like, there was a huge cache to, discovered there. Now, there are a couple of theories. The most likely theory, I think, is that it was destroyed by some sort of external enemy. Okay, yeah. so that makes sense. Enemies Raise like it you. to the ground. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and so sadly, um, the slightly smaller centers of Thebes and Orchomenos were destroyed. Gla um, and Koinos, their drainage works were destroyed and abandoned. Gla was never re-inhabited, although possibly used for storage by the Byzantinians. Hmm. Hmm. Um, that would be much later, though. Well, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like, they never lived on it again, though. It was just, you know, storage. Magazines. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it could also have been because of some sort of um, Gla being caught up in, like, internal conflict in the region between Thebes and Orchomenos, so between the, like, maybe rival tribal people going on here. Because essentially the Mycenaeans, they have a social structure where you've got, like, a Varnax or, um, like, a, you know, like, like an Agamemnon-type figure, like a strong leader at the helm. So mm-hmm. who knows? They sort of got... function like a military king? Yeah, exactly. Like, if, you, if we have a look at it, they basically, you basically got this sort of very strong supreme king um, who also has, like, religious duties. He's the most powerful because he has the most stuff. He's got the okay. most land. He's got the most slaves. <laughs> and it kind of goes on down the chain like that. Like, who else has a lot of land? <laughs> who else has a lot of money? Who's next? Yeah. <laughs> Who's got a lot of military stuff? You know, it goes on and on. Um, the other possible suggestion, um, is that there, that there was some sort of external attack from, um, the Arg, the Argolids. Okay. Yeah. Against the Mycenaeans. And there are myths that would possibly tie in with that version. So for anyone Mm. who's heard of, um, Heracles exploits and the whole seven against Thebes tale, this possibly might have something to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> like like Homer and the Trojan War. Uh, I mean, this is the thing. The whole, okay. the whole Homer and the Trojan War On thing, the other hand, that doesn't feed very well into a systemic collapse narrative. No, exactly. I mean, this is the thing. The whole Trojan War thing kind of happens around the time of the Bronze Age collapse. It's yeah. almost like the Mycenaeans, or the Mycenaeans and their allies, whatever, they, they win, but they then everything they, they don't thrive apart. yeah then yeah. maybe maybe troy just actually fell apart at the same time that everyone else <laughs> fell apart this is the whole thing about the trojan war convenient um, narrative yeah <laughs> and yeah so sadly gla falls into the dust of history only to be briefly resurrected potentially as a storage facility <laughs> <laughs> but nothing nothing can dim the magnificence of that fortress of gla <laughs> that exists forevermore <laughs> on the grecian landscape the yeah, mysteries, the, yes, the mysteries of this building. Um, it's pretty crazy. If you have a look at the images, uh, in fact, I actually do. We can... do we have a sense of like the? I've got an image for the you. land mass that it's Let covering. Let me show you. Wait a minute. Wait. I have an image. This... Ooh, this will be exciting for me, but for yeah. none of you, I'm see? afraid. See, there it is. Oh, it does look quite substantial. It is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You sound surprised. Mm-hmm. I've tried to emphasize how glorious it is. Look at that. I describe it. it to you, listeners. It looks like a giant fence around a bit of land surrounded Pish by... Pish, Dr. G. You can see the glory in the stonework. 
Yeah. It survived for thousands and thousands of years. I'm not going to lie, it's the sort of place I'd go and visit. But yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's actually the thing. You actually obviously can go and visit it because it is at least semi-visible. I mean, come on. I've been to see Troy. <laughs> not it, much going on there. Yeah. <laughs> this looks the same sort of deal to me. So, you know. Just well, as worthwhile. Yeah, so if you happen to be visiting Greece, dear listeners, please go and check out the mighty fortress of Gla. Without doubt, the most magnificent of the Mycenaean fortresses ever to have graced the face of Greece. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the uh, listener request that mm. led us down on this journey. Yeah, um, Dr. G. I feel like I've learned a lot. <laughs> having, having come into this knowing nothing, um, but being assured... That GLA was up for up for discussion. GLA is spectacular. And if you go there, listeners, see if you can find the room of requirement. It's there. <laughs> now, Dr. G and I would like to sign off by just saying uh, hello to the listeners who requested this. We had a special request come in from Daniel, Ashley, Kyle, Harry, and another Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> So we hope, guys. Yeah, we hope that you enjoyed that, guys. And we're always happy to hear from our other listeners about what they'd like to learn about <laughs> from the ancient world. Do get in touch. Mm, please do. Until next time. See you later.